Father everlasting, the all-created one, God Almighty. Through your Holy Spirit, conceiving Christ the Son, Jesus our Savior. I believe in God our Father. I believe in Christ the Son. I believe in the Holy Spirit. Our God is three in one. I believe in the resurrection. Judging our defender, suffered in 
Praise will 
Let's rise together for our opening song.
each and every day, even though we don't deserve it. And it's hard for us to realize that you've done that for us and you didn't ask for anything in return except for us to believe in you, to have faith in you. Help us to always remember where our faith comes from and the importance of keeping it strong and remembering that as long as we trust in you and belief in you that nothing that could ever happen in this world can affect us. You are God, you are Savior, and you've given us salvation. We thank you for your Sabbath and thank you for your love. In your son's name, amen. Please be seated. Happy Sabbath. Many of you are happy to be here. Raise your hand. You are very happy to be hand. Amen. Amen. It's been a while since I did that. Many people tell me I give terrible first. Okay. Oh, thank you. <laughs> people I've met in the people I have met in this church, even one of my, even some of my best friends have told me when they first met me, they did not like me at all. Something about 
man, it's like you didn't even acknowledge me when I was right in front of you. Do you remember the first time I met you? Did I give you a good first impression or bad? Okay, if I did not acknowledge you somehow, uh, I apologize. Okay, please forgive me. Do you remember the first time you met your wife? How was your first, uh, first impression of your husband? Good or bad? How about our church? Do you remember the first time you came to this church? Did you like the first impression of our church or, or did you not like it? How was your first day at Loma Linda University? You remember that day, right? First day of your work. Loma Linda Church, everything has a beginning. Every person, every relationship, every idea, every endeavor, everything that exists had a beginning, starting point. You had a starting point, and I had a starting point. Growing up, my many times, Richard, we were happy with the two kids, and then we had an accident, and you came. So apparently I was the accident of the family. That was my starting point. Whatever the circumstances, it's not working. Whatever the circumstances, you had a starting point and it began before you were aware of it. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this beautiful Sabbath. Now, as we open the Bible, Open our hearts also. In Jesus' name, amen. You had a first day at school, right? A first date. You remember your first date, don't you? Was it good or was it bad? A first kiss. Obviously, first kiss is for only people who are married only. Right? Because your first kiss was at your wedding. Or first job. All of us had starting points of anything we do. They represent the first points or steps of journey. Okay? That we're on a journey. If you're married, that first date was more than a date, was it? It was the starting point of a relationship. That first day of school was a starting point as well. Your career had a starting point at a certain point. If you have children, your parenthood had a starting point. But here's something you may not have considered. Your faith had a starting point. If you grew up in a non-religious family, your first encounter with religious faith may have, been, may have occurred uh, at your friend's church or, or your neighbor's small group. 
If your faith began during childhood, your first encounter with faith may have occurred at a vacation Bible school, a camp meeting, or a, or a mission trip, or Kayam, for some of you in our youth group, or youth rally. For me, I think I was in like third grade, okay? And I was at a camp meeting, and for the first time, I listened to the sermon from the beginning to the end, okay? And in the middle of it, I told my mom, Mom, when I grow up, I'm going to be a pastor just like that guy during the sermon. And my mom said, if you want to be like him, you know, you have to go to America and go to Andrews University. The Andrews University, right? So I told my mom in the middle of the sermon, I told her, that is exactly what I will do. I had attended church all my life, but that day, for the very first time, I believed what I heard, and I wanted to do the same thing that that preacher was doing. Not everyone responds with wanting to become a pastor. Not everyone needs to. But all of us had a starting point of our faith. And this means you are probably taught some basic religious beliefs like God is good, um, God rewards the good and punishes the bad. Um, God, God hears your prayers. God loves you. Right? And if you grew up in the Adventist church, uh, there are a few more. Like, um, you can't watch TV or have fun on Sabbath. In fact, you can't have any fun at all on Sabbath. You learned that, right? And, and um, also... Um, you can eat certain things. You know what I mean? So pretty much, uh, you can't eat anything that tastes good. Right? But here's the problem. These simple truths made sense in a world where the tooth fairy and, and Santa Claus made sense when we were very little. You may have had some questions. Um, perhaps you even... Doubted at times, but the adults you trusted seemed confident in their faith, so you remained, you remained committed to your faith for the time being. And then fast forward a few years and you find yourself confronted with adult realities, you know what I mean? For which childhood faith not, had not prepared you. You know what I'm talking about. You found yourself wrestling with questions such as, if God is good and all-powerful, why doesn't he do more to prevent the evil, the bad things in the world? Why does so much evil go unpunished? Why do bad things happen to good people? Why should I pray when God will do what he wills anyway? Why do people have so many unanswered prayers? There's more. Why can, why can we have fun on Sabbath? It's a wonderful day, right? 
I don't see any harm in it. And why can we just eat what we enjoy? I don't see any harm in it. Who's going to stop me? I'm an adult. There's more. Why are some religious people so judgmental and mean? Why don't science and religion line up? Why does it seem that smart and educated people are less religious? These are all good questions and we should wrestle with them. However, some of us felt like good Christians don't doubt or we don't ask questions. We just believe because I'm a good Christian. I'm a good Seventh-day Adventist, right? So some of us probably sought for answers and challenged our own faith but never really got the satisfying answers But since we grew up in the church, we simply continue to attend church without ever resolving the issues we had. So some of us are still coming to church. I'm in church, but I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure some of you are just hoping, right? Hoping like that one day, Pastor Richard is going to say something and that's going to reignite my faith. Hoping that one day I'll somehow prove to you or convince you and eliminate all your doubts. Karen Armstrong said this. It feels really weird holding a microphone. I haven't done it for like eight years. Uh, Karen Armstrong said this. Many of us have been left stranded. There it is. Many of us have been left stranded with an incoherent concept of God. We learned about God at about the same time we were told about Santa Claus. But while our understanding of Santa Claus phenomenon evolved and matured, our theology remained somewhat infantile. There's more. So, Not surprisingly, when we attained intellectual maturity, many of us rejected the God we inherited and denied that he even existed. It's from her book, A Case for God. All of us matured and grew up, but somehow our faith remained at the starting point. Starting point is important, but some of us never really took off. We took a journey of growing up, but for many of us, the journey of faith has been left behind. For most people, it's not like we made a decision to believe or like made a decision like I'm not going to believe anymore. Our faith just kind of became irrelevant in my daily life. Some of us are simply stranded. I like that word. Stranded at the starting point. And we go, I don't know. I don't know. Loma Linda Church, today, okay, today, let's make a new starting point. 
Okay? Let's make a new starting point. Um, maybe we just need a new starting point. What if we didn't know about God at all? Okay? What if I'm starting all over again? Uh, where should be my starting point? You know what I mean? So, so um, if I didn't know anything uh, about, the, about the Bible, about God, I know nothing. Okay? Then what should be the starting point of my faith? Okay? Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2. You know this verse, okay? And what's amazing is I'm just going to use the first sentence. I'm just going to use that, okay? Hebrews chapter 2, verse 2. Just the first sentence. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. Can I hear amen? I know nobody says amen in our church, okay? I'm going to read it one more time. I want everyone to say amen, okay? Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and the perfecter of faith. Amen. You know, this is all we need for today, okay? Other translations say author or finisher of faith. Author means originator. It means he is the beginning of our faith. Jesus Christ is the one who is the Alpha and Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher of my faith. The one who created the universe, he holds it together. He l l always will be, he has been, and he will be. Right? So, your faith has a starting point, and it must be always. Jesus. Your faith has a starting point and it must be Jesus. As Adventists, it's easy for us to make a mistake to begin our faith with doctrines. You know, growing up, all I remember is the doctrines and doctrines. You know what I mean? I know so many Adventists with so much knowledge of of the Bible, of God, but do not know Jesus. A lot of times Adventists bring people to church and the starting point is a Sabbath message or the health message, the state of the dead or revelation seminars. Hey, listen, don't get me wrong. I value Adventist doctrines, okay? I love my church. I love our messages. I do. I love the Sabbath message and I value the health message. I do. But is it the starting point of our faith? For many years, we try to turn people into Adventists without ever helping them to experience a life with Jesus. People ask me all the time, Pastor, I want to really read the Bible. Where should I begin? What what book should I start with? And my answer used to be the same for the longest time. I used to tell them, start with the book of Jude. You know why? It's like one chapter. You read it in five minutes and you can say, oh, I finished the book. Jude. I realized that I realize that is the wrong approach to the Bible. That is the wrong starting point. 
It's not about reading more and knowing more. You know what we need to do? Go to the gospel first and learn about Jesus first. If you want to know, like, I want to read the Bible, where should I begin? Go to the gospel and read about Jesus. Meet Jesus first. Where does faith begin? Jesus is the originator of faith. The first Christians didn't use the doctrines as a starting point for their faith. Remember that, you know, for, for the first 200 plus years in Christianity, if you look at the Christian history, Christians did not support their faith with written words. Okay? No written words at all. Their starting point was not something written. It was something that happened. That is exactly what we find from Acts chapter 2. Okay, Peter is, is preaching in front of a big crowd, right? Peter told the whole crowd, you know what he talked about? He talked about Jesus. How he was the Messiah promised to us, but we killed him. But he raised from the dead, right? He raised from his death. And through him, we are called to repent and be baptized. In Acts chapter 4, Peter and John, they were arrested, okay? And they were placed before Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin is like the the leader's council of the Jews at the time, all right? And in front of them, Peter and John spoke about a man, a man named Jesus. In Acts chapter 2, the members of Sanhedrin captured a man named Stephen, And they were about to stone him. And they said, have you got anything to say before you die? And Stephen gave a testimony. He talked about Moses, how Moses was given tabernacle. Tabernacle was sanctuary. And in the sanctuary is the righteous one. There's one righteous one, and that is Jesus. Among the people who stoned to kill Stephen was a name a guy named Saul. He absolutely believed that persecuting the followers of Jesus was God's will for him. But on his way to Damascus, Saul met Jesus. And his name became from, turned from Saul to Paul. And the guy who used to persecute and kill the followers of Jesus he became the most important missionary of the history of Christianity. As you probably know, the Bible is divided into two parts, okay? The Old Testament and the New Testament. You know what Old Testament is about? Does anyone know how many books we have in the Old Testament? Great job, 39. So there are 39 books, and all 39 books point to one man. Jesus. Do you know how many books we have in 27? How many books we have in New Testament? 27 books. Good job. All 27 books talk about teachings of one man, Jesus Christ. Despite the fact that there were no developed doctrines, hundreds of people, thousands of people, they became followers of Jesus 
in the first three centuries. The starting point of their faith was not doctrines. It was Jesus. It was always about one man. It was a man who was God. He was a 100% man and 100% God. Because God came in human nature, in human flesh, to save human beings. So Lomar in the church, here's a question. Who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? Because that question is the starting point of our faith. Several years ago, I was invited to a Lakers game. Okay? This guy said, Pastor, you're going to love this. Okay, I'm going to take you to, a, to the Lakers game because I'm a huge Lakers fan. And when we got there, we actually went through a VIP entrance. Yes. That's what I said. Ooh. We went through the VIP entrance, and um, we're like the, at the bottom of the stadium, Staples Center, and I was, my seat was row three. Can I hear amen? Yes. Row three. Uh, there are two seats. I sat down with my friend, and um, there are two seats right next to us. They were empty. And he said, oh, these, are, uh, these seats are uh, the uh, singers, singer Brandy. I don't know who that is. Brandy? Is it a singer? Is she a singer? Yes. She, that's her seat. And then there was right next to me was the aisle. And on the other side of my seat was uh, actor Andy Garcia. So if I went and boom, I totally grabbed him. Anyway, I didn't. Okay, that would be weird. So I'm just sitting down and um, the, the Lakers came out and they're warming up. You know how they do like layups and they pass and they take a shoot? It's like a warming up. And I see Kobe Bryant. This is like several years ago. I see Kobe Bryant at his peak of of career. And for some reason, when you see from there, when you see Kobe Bryant, he looks small. Because at the time, the center was uh, Andrew Bynum. Bynum's like seven foot one. So when you play with like six foot nine, seven foot one, Kobe Bryant looked kind of small. Okay? And I really wanted to talk to Kobe Bryant. Three rows. So it's like I'm Kobe Bryant and you're me. I can just like take seven steps and touch Kobe Bryant. So I went down the floor to talk to Kobe Bryant. And right before I was going to step into the floor, three security guards came and said, stop to me, sir. You cannot go beyond this line. And I was like, I really want to talk to Kobe Bryant. I really love him. And they're like, no, you cannot talk to Kobe Bryant. And I had to think of something. I told him, I know Kobe Bryant. And the guards are like, no, you do not know Kobe Bryant. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. I know him. And when I was like talking to the guard, Kobe Bryant was doing the layups. And he looked at me and I looked at him and our our eyes met. (laughs) And Kobe Bryant said to me, hey, That's Pastor Richard. That would be so awesome, huh? If that happened. (laughs) If that happened, that would be so awesome. No, 
it is a true story up to the point I sat down in my row three. And I imagined all of that. Like, it would have been so cool if, like, if Kobe Bryant knew me, it would be so awesome. You know, knowing about Kobe Bryant would be different. Knowing about Kobe Bryant would be like, yes, his average score is like 27.3 points and his assistance is like 5.7 and his rebound is 6.2. I made it up. I don't I don't memorize. Um, and, you know, he loves taking it in or taking shots. You know, he, that, would be, that would be knowing about Kobe Bryant. Knowing Kobe Bryant would be when he sees me, let him go. That's Pastor Richard. You know, I love, the, the only way I want to understand salvation is not by our knowledge or not by our action or our behaviors. Only way I understand salvation is through relationship. When the Bible says, uh, Jesus says in his stories, like, I, I do not know you. When the Bible says, I do not know you, it actually does not mean God does not know us because we know We know God knows us. Apparently, He knows how much hair I have, how much white hair I have. He knows. You know what I mean? Jesus knows us. It's just we need to get to know Him. Our faith starts from knowing Jesus. All our struggles with our faith our wrestle with tough questions in faith, our doubts, our issues, all of these, you know, all of us, we deal with it in a different way in our spiritual journey, in our faith journey. But we all saw this. Even as your faith shrank or your doubt solidified, you may have run into some adults or grown-ups who had faith. They were smart and educated, but still had strong faith. We saw faith that didn't resemble a child's belief in the tooth fairy or Santa Claus. They maintained what looked to be an unshakable confidence in God in spite of what they saw or experienced. They didn't didn't pretend to know all the answers. In fact, they didn't pretend at all. They were honest and hopeful. They acknowledged the complexities of the adult world, but their faith remained strong. You know some of these people. They remained in church. They remained faithful. They somehow made their faith relevant. Genuine Christians, at a certain point, they have found Jesus. They know Jesus and they love Jesus. In order for all of us not to just survive in our faith life but thrive, it starts from Jesus. You know, Lomar in the church began as a small group 
long time ago, somewhere around 1962, 1963. I cannot give you exact date because our church we still disagree on what year. Okay, but it became a company, which means a very, very small church in 1972. A lot of us were not even born then, right? We had our grand opening last Sabbath. Over a thousand people came. We celebrated. The churches are all finished. There are some little things we need to do outside, but we completed our church building, and we had this huge celebration. Um, and, and we worked really hard for the not just the completion of the building, but also for the grand opening. And you know, it's a whole day thing. And when everything was over, a lot of us got together, like, "Oh, finally, it's all done." When everyone was like, "Oh, everything's all done. Everything's all finished," I knew that. I knew that was not the case. I knew that was only a beginning. It was a new starting point for our church. You see, it meant a new beginning. It meant a new starting point. Then Loma Linda Church, I ask you, I ask each and every one of you, at this new start, who is Jesus to you? If you're going to come back to church, if you're one of those like ah I don't know, if you're like I want to come back to faith, or if you want to reignite your faith again, remember this. The starting point is Jesus Christ. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this beautiful church and our congregation, our faith community, and these beautiful buildings. But Lord, my faith. Maybe when I was little, um, learning about Tooth Fairy and Santa Claus, and, and also about Jesus, um, that's not how I want to begin. All of us need a new starting point, a new beginning. And Lord, in that new beginning, I want You to be there. I don't want to just know about You. I want to know You and have a relationship with You. Apparently, all kinds of intellectual people and smart people—they have this relationship with you, and they all remain faithful to you. And that's what I want, Father, Lord. All these people in our church right now—if there's anyone who wants to come back to you, anyone who wants to reignite their faith, anyone who wants a new beginning, a new starting point—I pray that you show up. And help them to experience you in their life. That when we begin this relationship with you, when we start on this uh, journey of faith with you, it's not just with nothing or nobody, but you are there. You exist, and you are with us. Help us to experience you. In Jesus' name, Amen.